Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. My favorite part of the year continues when I talk to other living beings on this show. These are the little things in life people don't realize. I shout into the void like 200 some odd days in a row every year, and it is... It is lonely, man. I got this draft board, separates me from the rest of the living world, and I mostly just talk to three- and six-year-olds every day. They're mine. They're my children, so it's not that weird. But I don't even know how to interact with grown-ups. Luckily, grown-ups continue to give me a chance, and on this one, we got a meeting of the Dans. Dan Titus, is this the first time I've had you on the show? It is. It is. What am I doing? been a longtime follower of Sport Ethos, so like love what you've been doing and obviously pushing the fantasy basketball industry forward. I think it's going to get continue to get even more popular. Um, so it's great to talk to you about the draft that I, I thought that I liked, you know, two weeks ago. And now that I'm looking at my roster, I'm like, eh, maybe not as much. But um, yeah, it's going to be fun, fun conversation for sure. Yeah. So um this was this is the way that a lot of them go because the it's a slow mock, which so then it takes five six days for it to even happen, and then I slowly right. try to get everybody scheduled in after the fact, and that takes another week, and so you've got this like uh, present version of Dan looking back at past version of Dan. This could be for me too. I was talking about you, but it could also be for me. Uh, right. Trying to figure out what was I doing, what the hell was I thinking at that point. Uh, by the way, you can follow Dan on Twitter at Dan Titus. He, like me, has elected to make his name his Twitter handle. I appre- Super easy, simple, that. nothing creative. You know, my name is my name. Yeah. <laughs> I like this shirt, by the way. Shout out to the Fantasy Nerds shirt. Yes. Shout out to Robin Marks, man. Doing some really great content over uh, Believe Fantasy Basketball and uh, also has some really dope merch. So make sure you guys cop some. Um, I definitely wear this one around a lot. It means a lot to me because I love fantasy and I'm most definitely a nerd. So yeah, that's very well. Dude, I agree. I got the same logo. Uh, I went t-shirt. I see you went hoodie, but you live in yeah. Los Angeles. So I don't know when you're going to break that. Thing out. <laughs> I'm what? actually up north. I'm in the Bay Area. So oh, like, right. it's actually sneakily okay. cold around here. Um, although it's like 90 degrees today. I don't know what's going on. So I definitely blasting the AC right now. Yeah, you're just <laughs> nailing yourself with AC and putting a hoodie on it. <laughs> That is, that's a little bit of an LA thing. Makes zero sense, but I'm a hoodie guy. I don't know. Yeah, I am also kind of a hoodie guy. I don't, I went to Cal, so I spent a bunch of time in the Bay and I feel like I never really dropped the like, I'd rather just wear a hoodie and jeans every day, no matter what. I'll be a hoodie and shorts. Like I I have no problem with that, but like, I never wear a jacket. Um, No, never going scarf weather. I've always scarf Philly. So I never understood why every time I crossed the bridge, I'm like, why are people wearing scarves and like bubble jackets? (laughs) It's not that cold. No, it's not. Hoodie, that's all you need. I'm right on board with you. Let me throw the mock up on the screen here. So, oh, let me move our faces also, uh, so everybody can get the best look possible. I do this at the beginning. I apologize to everyone. This is as large as I can make this thing, and I even lopped off the twelfth round at the bottom. Uh, so, if you got to squint, you got to squint. I did post this on Twitter right after the mock ended some week and a half ago or so. So you could probably zoom in a higher number of pixels on that bad boy but dan you had the first pick which is dare i say an enviable position in a mock draft um i'm not even going to ask you about number one other than to say are there any avenues that close off for you starting with Nikola Jokic? um probably blocks and i think that i was pretty consistent with that throughout um 
I realize that, you know, anytime you get someone that's as dynamic as Nikola Jokic, that you're probably going to be very good. You're probably going to compete in rebounds and assists and scoring. Um, so I kind of tried to just lean into that um, throughout the rest of my build. Um, I would never consider anyone else other than Jokic at the number one pick. And I know it's boring. It's consensus amongst most analysts, but like, Hey man, if it's not broke, don't fix it. This guy is the best player on the planet. And he just happens to be also the best fantasy player on the planet. So I felt great. I very seldom get the first pick in the draft. So once I saw I got number one, I was like, all right, <laughs> let's get, let's get, it's Jokic time. How do I, how do I want to build off of that? So I was very excited to, uh, to get it. The literally the only downside to getting the number one pick is that you don't really have to do anything with your brain until 24 <laughs> picks into a draft. Cause you don't like, yeah, you're watching the timer countdown to get into the mock. And this was a slow mock. So even that didn't really happen. So, like, you didn't have to do anything until the end of the first day of a slow right. mock here. As I'm just waiting, anxiously yep. waiting, all right, what value will fall to me? Um, but you'll see, like, as I got to the third round, things started to get a little bit questionable. I'm like, I see value on the board. And usually when you're on these, like, you know, beginning of the board or the end of the board, sometimes you got to take some swings because the, those players that you really want, your guys, which I always advocate for people to get. Like, if you like a player, you want them on your team, go get them. Um, when you got that first pick, you may not get them coming back. So sometimes you got to take a home run swing here and there. Talking to Dan Titus over at Yahoo Fantasy, the, uh, the I don't know if you'd call them swings or not. I actually, I actually really like your second-round pick. I think I like him more than most. Was Desmond Bain at 24 and James Harden at 25. I want to remind everybody, this draft happened before Harden... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Shams told us that he's been professional and engaged, but he hasn't been there. <laughs> so not really present. Not, not really showing up for work lately. I don't Somewhere know how in Houston hanging with little baby. How do you stay in personal days? I don't. We don't know what he's doing. He's like on a WhatsApp thread with his team. Is that what engaged <laughs> is at this point? I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, so to, uh, walk me through Desmond Bain. Because with Harden, I'm guessing you probably would have waited a little longer given what we know now versus two weeks ago. But I like Bain a lot. And I feel like people are saying, nah, he's not going to get to that next rung. But uh, early last season, before he got hurt, he was right around top 25 range. He was. Before that toe injury that was disguised as something else, it didn't really give much clarity to that injury. <laughs> but like, injury reporting. Dude was, dude was unconscious, him and Tyrese Maxey, before their respective injuries. And, you know, just looking at the tea leaves here, obviously John Morant's going to be missing 25 games. Um, and then Marcus Smart enters the fold. And, you know, I don't think he's going to take too much usage away from Desmond Bain. Like, this is going to – he's going to be the number one option now. And that's 30% usage. I think we're going to see an uptick in those assists. He was a capable passer last year. All the stats are going up. And for how young as he is and where he has, where he's at in his career in terms of the um, the equity in terms of the chemistry that he has with the other players, I think it's going to be through the roof. And I think getting him at 24 is where I expect him to go. I don't expect him to get out of the third round. If you get him in the third round, awesome. But I'd be willing to take him, you know, mid-second round because I'm that high on him. I think he's going to be an outstanding category player and also be that good in points leagues as well. Was there anyone else that went shortly before you in the second round that you were strongly considering there? Uh, I got to zoom in on the on the cam. <laughs> yeah, here. you and everybody, you and everybody else. <laughs> um, Kate Cunningham actually was was one person that I really wanted to pair with Nikola Jokic. I just love the 
versatility that Cade Cunningham can provide, you know, almost a triple double, one of those kind of guys. I think he fits very well in a Jokic build. Um, the other one that's been kind of creeping up, I was surprised that Mikel Bridges went where he went, but I'm not mad at it. You know, he's a mid second, you know, late second round pick. And uh, I would say Devin Booker is a guy that I think I've seen kind of fluctuate in terms of his draft capital, seen him in the early second round, as far as the late second, just depending on, you know, where people's risk posture is. Um, but I think I was pretty happy getting Bane where I got him. I was surprised that more analysts weren't in on him a little bit earlier in the second round. Yeah, that was Bane was, and I don't want to get too far sidetracked here, was one of those guys going into the offseason where I kept thinking, like, man, I hope that Jaw suspension doesn't push him too far up the board, and then yeah. it kind of did push him pretty far up the board. <laughs> uh, but still not bad. Let's um let's actually do this discussion assuming that James Harden is playing somewhere. Because uh, like that's when that's where we were at when the draft happened. And plus that's kind of also what you had to be thinking as you went through the remainder of your build. So now you've got two 10 assist guys out of your first three picks. You get to sit and wait a very long time. It gets back to you at the end of the fourth, beginning fifth, you went Jalen Brown and Scotty Barnes. And I'm, again, I'm kind of bunching your picks because you took them back to back. So you can flip them in any order. What was the thought process here? Uh, once you got through this long wait in between picks. Um, so being that I already got, as you said, I was addressing the assists pretty much at the top of the first three rounds. I thought it was best to kind of build out the rest of the roster. And seeing that I have Jalen Brown ranked in the top 40, I also have Scotty Barnes early top 50. I thought that that was a good time to grab both of those guys. Um, you know, obviously Jalen Brown's the richest NBA player on the planet right now. <laughs> Even though he doesn't have a left hand, he's still going to be really good for the Boston Celtics. He's improved every year. I think we're going to see more rebounding from him. He's solid for steals. I, I think he can also get a half a block in there. Um, so I, I am very bullish on Jalen Brown. I think he's going to be the second highest scorer next to Jason Tatum. KP is still going to be solid, but I think he's going to be more of an efficiency guy. I don't know that we'll see the numbers that we saw in Washington, but I'm really high on Jalen Brown. And then Scotty Barnes definitely taking a bit of a risk, not a risk, more of a flyer on him, taking that next level um, in his third NBA season. I think he kind of plateaued last year, but I think it was more about the the Raptors kind of going in this weird state of are we rebuilding are we competing and now that Fred Van Vliet's gone I think that that opens up more assists for him as a point forward and clearly every other NBA team has questioned or wanted him as a part of a trade package and the Raptors have said absolutely not so reading those tea leaves I'm thinking that he's going to be in for a very impactful season this year and um I said pay Pascal Siakam because I do think that the Raptors would be it would be in their best interest to do so. Wait, let but me make sure it, everybody can see that watching. There it is. <laughs> I think it would be in their best interest to pay him if they don't want to. Um, you know, I think that that's a, even going to be even better for Scotty Barnes if he is eventually traded, you know, midseason for for some some for some other assets to continue that rebuild. Because I think that this team is really looking to build around Scotty Barnes. So I think we could see his best season yet, even though his rookie season was phenomenal. I think there's top 50 upside here. If this guy's assists definitely go up to the way I expect them to. Did you consider going a uh, big man in this range at all? Or had you already kind of made up your mind? You were going to leave blocks probably on the table. Yeah, I think blocks were on the table or off the table now for me. Um, I already, I felt comfortable because I already locked in center. So when as I've been approaching a lot of mock drafts this year, if I've gone big man with my first pick, I usually go, you know, guard forward centric thereafter until the later rounds where, I'm just loving all of the big men in the uh, in the later rounds. You know, the Mark Williams, the Jalen Durrens, who ended up on my team 
um, Yusuf Nurkic, Zach Collins. Like, I don't think you need to overspend for centers if you get one earlier on. So, um, and even in those mid rounds, you can get the Alperen Shingoons, the Walker Kesslers, and so forth. So, I felt pretty good about my center position. And I, and I, depending on, you know, I've had to reach for Jalen Duran and Mark Williams sometimes in the seventh round but I felt good about where my draft position was to be able to fill out the rest of my roster and then getting center later. Yeah. And you know, you don't really have a choice when you're at an end of a draft. If if there's a guy you want, and and this is something that I know I, I still struggle with mentally, even after doing this on the analyst side of the, the wall for the last six or seven years is coming to terms with this idea of, Oh, am I removing value from a player by taking him in a spot? I didn't want but if, if it's not getting back to you for 22, 23 picks, right. what value is left at that point? You're taking guys you didn't want. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And to that end, I adore your picks at 72 and 73 here. Cam Johnson, who, I mean, this is way later than he usually goes in drafts. Yeah. And then Jalen Duran. I was very Duren. happy about that. I think that was a nice little fall in value. And then follow that up with Jalen Duran to secure that other center spot. Usually I'm playing on Yahoo, but, you know, if there's any standard default for two centers, I usually end up with one of Jalen Duran or Mark Williams. And, um, you know, based on the build, he could probably get me blocks. You know, he's had several four, three block games. I'm not saying that he's going to carry me for an entire week, but he will certainly contribute to it. And I think some of the other players that I got, Jaden McDaniels is another guy that I'm very high on from a stocks perspective. You know, yeah, I mean, you can talk, by the way, you can field. you can talk about as many of these players as you like. We yeah. don't we don't have to go one by one because you did you sure. did kind of line up like Cam Johnson, threes, free throw steals are the positives there. Duran, who I just talked about earlier today on a show, is one of my favorite players to watch in the league because of the way other people bounce off of him. It's just insane. Right. He's so strong. And then McDaniels, who's like a 2-1-1 one, one guy in threes, steals, blocks, uh, you shored up a few categories that I don't know that they were weak necessarily because Jokic gets steals, Harden gets some, Jalen Brown gets some, Barnes gets some. But if you're leaning into those things, you want to keep powering them up on that head-to-head side. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. And I think that that was my impetus in wanting to get Jalen Brown because he's a three-point guy. Scotty Barnes, not so much. Um, but Cameron Johnson, getting him where I did, I was like, oh, man, that's – this is really completing the puzzle right here. Um, and then I, got, I think I got some value almost in Derek White. I think he fell kind of late, um, considering that I think he's going to be, you know, an excellent catch and shoot three point shooter um, now that Drew Holiday is there. And he was last season, you know, he's a 40% three point shooter. But then also, he's a sneaky blocks guy. Like he was mm-hmm. only second to Shea Gilgis Alexander last year in blocks per game from the guard position. So, you know, as much as I was punting blocks, I think I actually did a pretty good job of trying to at least keep me competitive amongst the rest of the league. I might be able to steal a couple of weeks in blocks when I wasn't normally expecting to. Yeah, that's one of the nice things about head-to-head versus Roto. And you guys know, everybody knows that I'm a big Roto guy. But there is something yeah. satisfying about, like, accidentally backing into three or four <laughs> wins in a category. <laughs> You're like, oh, I was punting it, but okay. You know, Derek White had a seven-block week at it. And you're like, okay, terrific. Um, right. Let me ask you a follow-up on Derek White, actually, because he was one of the guys I wanted to sort of slow down on here. Have people soured on him too much now with other folks on the team with since the addition of Porzingis and then maybe more uh, directly Drew Holiday? I think so. Um, you know, Noah Rubin, I think he was team Derek White since the beginning of the offseason. And, uh, 
I don't know. Like his ADP right now on Yahoo is falling. He was 85th before, which I thought was still a little bit low. I had him originally um, in like that 68, 69 range. And, you know, now he's going 92. So I think that the market is way too low on Derek White for what he can do across categories, right? Like field goal percentage is definitely going to be a little bit low, but I think he can get to 45, 46%, especially playing with so many dynamic players um, in that starting lineup. But I think he just offers too much in the stocks categories to not value him as like a top 70 guy. So if he continues to fall in drafts, I'm going to scoop him because I think that that's great value considering what he brings to the table when he doesn't really command that much usage and he'll still be effective. Yeah, I I'm I can't argue with you. Um, I actually want to rewind to Jaden McDaniels. How does he potentially grow this year? Because that's what we all want to see. Yeah, and I, I think the first thing is that the Minnesota Timberwolves need to give him that extension. I think it's going to be it's going to be on the horizon, you know, after Devin Vassell just got his extension. Um, he's been prioritized as one of the cornerstone pieces of this Minnesota Timberwolves team. The question I have is like, how is Chris Finch going to figure out the rotation? Yeah. And I don't know that there's going to be a lot of usage for McDaniels to be like a 15 point score. Like, I don't, I don't think he's going to get there yet, but I think we could carve out a, a 12, 12, five, three assists with two and a half stocks potentially that's going to be the value in category leagues um points leagues i'm not that high on him just because he doesn't have the volume and the and the uh usage to really warrant being in a a, a points league guy but head to head I, I think it's similar to Derek white it's like if i can get stocks cheap i'm all in and um he's an efficient player too shoots good field goal percentage good three-point shooter um, I think there's an opportunity for him to kind of emerge as potentially the third option in the offense. You know, you got Ant, Cat, Gobert, nah. Um, and Mike Conley's been more of a facilitator. So I think we could actually see some growth in, in Jaden McDaniel's offensive skill set this year. Your last three that I like to lump together as well, because, I mean, really, what's they're happening? They're lumpers. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely lumpers. <laughs> they're lumpers. Once you're at pick 120, you're lumping. Uh, you went, like, kind of weirdly safe with your last three. Um, yeah. And Ivica Zubats at 120, Jordan Clarkson at 121, and then Bobby Portis at uh, 144 in the... Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant, Robert. Uh Oh, I still haven't forgiven him for uh, sending Nico Miritich to another country. Um, <clears throat> so he ruined his career after that, man. Completely we never saw from Miritich again. Nope. And for years, I made jokes on Twitter about following Miritich around in an RV to see if I could convince him to come back. And because he had a really nice fantasy game, he was like he Larry Markinen before Larry Markinen. That's right. But gone forever. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Walk me through kind of safe late picks because usually, especially in industry mocks, you see analysts going like full, you know, like eyes closed, a home run hack. Right. And you kind of went the other way with established, like plotting center, established scoring guard, established backup big man who scores and rebounds. There's like nothing fancy there. You kind of know exactly what you're getting. Yeah, I think it was more of a hedge to, all right, so for Zubach, I was like, I need another big man just in case Duran doesn't work out and I need to plug somebody else into that center spot. I was kind of light. I only have Duran, Jokic, and Zubach that had center eligibility. Um, so that was the impetus there. Um, but then 
also he also is a sneaky block guy low-end double double on occasion when they're not playing small so i thought it was a pretty low risk uh move there um and i think he's actually going he's usually a late round pick so i think one of my general theories is is that you know when you're getting to that 11th 12th round get someone with a high floor with a relatively safe floor so that in case one of your you know earlier picks doesn't pan out you have someone to plug in and centers are such a scarce position in terms of that this format with two centers so i think it's important to grab one uh, for insurance jordan clarkson is interesting because i mean field goal percentage i think i had enough guys that they should be able to compete but i think i was probably gonna be middle of the pack in field goal percentage so at that point i'm like just give me a 20 point bucket and jordan clarkson's gonna be starting this season at the two so i think that you can pretty much pencil him in there for 20 points per game he'll help the threes get some steals in there. Um, doesn't really do much else, but I, I was cool with getting a 20 point score in the 12th round, uh, the 11th round. And then Bobby Portis, I don't really have much justification for this. I just wrote an article <laughs> about how Bobby Portis just ends up on my team somehow, some way thought process there. I'm getting a guy that can give me 14 and seven with some threes. He shoots decent from the free throw line for a big man, like 75%. So I feel like he's not going to hurt my team that much. And while I could have taken a flyer, I saw a lot of good guys going, you know, in that later round. So, you know, Amen Thompson was off the board. Um, PJ Washington was off the board. Paul Reed went, you know, two picks before me. Mm. So I was like, all right, Bobby, come on in, man. You're used to, we're used to this. Let's keep it safe. Um, <laughs> it was definitely boring. And I, and I felt like, the final three to four picks were definitely on the boring side, but sometimes boring works. And, you know, for where I was, and this is a couple weeks ago, I think I have a couple sleepers that have emerged since the preseason action and, you know, rotations have kind of changed and starting lineups have kind of taken shape a little bit. I could probably could have taken a different flyer, but where I was, you know, a couple weeks ago, I felt pretty good about it. We're uh, talking to Dan Titus of Yahoo Fantasy, at Dan Titus on Twitter. This is Easter egg part of the show now, where we talk about the late ones that uh, you did not get. And you actually mentioned a few during your last answer. Hopefully people were paying close attention. You said Paul Reed. You said Amen Thompson. I already forgot who the third one. P.J. Washington, I think, was the third one. I'm sorry. Yeah. My brain... <laughs> parents it's it, i'm blaming it's three o'clock man i'm already have the kid on my clock i'm like all right i got two hours before things are about to go nuts around here so that's i, I get it i don't know if you saw me disappear for just a second but it was because my younger one just got home with my his grandma and the dog was freaking out to get out of my locked bedroom door so i was like i'm gonna ask dan a really good question and then zip bye bye uh yeah, you learn so, to be efficient in weird ways when you're, you know, you got really multiple do. kids. I only have one, so I'm still learning, but yeah, Ooh, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it, um, it's an avalanche, man. It's it's an avalanche. <laughs> All right, so tell me a little bit more about your, and these are what the the young folk like to refer to as sleepers. I don't know what the right word is at this point because I feel like, you know, experts. Those of us that are, I say expert is such a. Uh, hoity-toity way to express it just those of us that are staring that at stare it stare at this all exactly the time. yes that's the proper way those of us that are just staring at fantasy basketball names we know all these names already but there are also people that come in that are novice level intermediate level um so i need it they need a word and the word that out there is sleeper so we use it so uh paul reed pj washington Ahmed thompson who are some of the guys at the end and what do you think they might be able to do yeah so those are like 
late round, I'd say like probably 11, 12, 13 range. One guy that I think is is driving crazy up the draft boards is Asar Thompson, and I think it's totally justified now that he's on the verge of being a starter. What he can do stocks-wise I think is going to be very impressive for fantasy. I've been calling him the young Sixers Andre Iguodala. He's kind of that playmaking guru guy with extreme athleticism that I think is actually going to be very useful in fantasy leagues, and he's going well outside you know, the top 120 in, in fantasy drafts. Um, one guy I think is being slept on is Trey Murphy, and that's because he tore his meniscus, you know, a month and a half ago. He had a 10 to 12 week timetable, so that puts him around November, December time frame. But people might have forgotten this guy was a top 40 guy last year, and I don't know that he's necessarily going to be inserted right into the starting lineup. But even as a sixth man, with his efficiency, he's a he, he has to be on your roster. Um, shoot, he, he's a 80 top 80 percentile in catch and shoot threes. So he's going to be a 40% guy from the three point line shoots a high percentage from the field. He's very efficient and he gets steals. So this is like a prototypical three and D wing that I want on my fantasy team in category leagues. And you can get him super cheap, you know, after or right around the hundred pick, I consider sleepers. Everyone has different terminologies, but I usually consider a sleeper, anyone that's going beyond top 100. So, you know, Zach Collins falls into that territory. Another guy that I think is going to smash his ADP, just given the fact that he's a starting center. The San Antonio Spurs are top three in pace last year. They're going to be even more pace this year with Victor Webanyama in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, just and, nut, just nutmegging people in the preseason. Yeah, you know, my God, dude. Like, what? <laughs> what? what? What's already, happening? He's already dunking from, like, catching tip slams from the three-point line. Now he's just nutmegging guys? Like, <laughs> bro. What was, was, Reggie was it Reggie Bullock? I was just like, Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. What? Oh, uh, Thomas Bryant was on the that, dunk, right? Uh, Thomas, yeah, Thomas Bryant was just like, what did this guy That was really an amazing it? piece of footage of just catching him going, huh? Like, right. to see it's, one it's, of the biggest uh, people on earth make that face about someone being bigger than them. That's how I feel when I walk into any room of average size humans. So, I, you know, like, Thomas, I see you, man. I see, we you. see you. Yeah, we see you. <laughs> we, we regular size humans. We feel this way about everybody. Um, yeah. Are you, when you, when you think about uh, some, these guys at the end of a draft, like a, like a Trey Murphy, actually, is the one that I wanted to kind of follow up on here. And then we'll do one or two questions from the chat room. Um, being willing to stash a player at the beginning of the year, I find is something that's very much like right on the razor's edge. Do you have to feel very comfortable 
with the health or predictability of the first five or six picks? Like, what if you, I mean, you have James Harden, so let's actually use him as a good example here. Would you still feel comfortable stashing a Trey Murphy, even with your third round pick, maybe sitting out the first X number of weeks of the year? Is that something that would creep into your mind as you're planning things out? I would, because you don't win your fantasy league in the draft. So by immediately being able to stash somebody in IL, I'm like, cool. I got first dibs on waivers. Like, I don't have to, like, go through this mental exercise of, oh, man, who do I want to drop? And am I making a mistake dropping someone too early that started off slow? Um, I actually love the fact that you can draft him and then stash him, open up a roster spot, and then go get that guy that you weren't anticipating that's sitting on waivers. Um, Or, like, you know, Jeremy Sohan is a guy that – you know, he was being drafted, but like he's not a hundred percent roster ship right now. And now that he's been anointed the starter, I'm like, cool. If I already drafted, I'm going right to the waivers and picking him up. Um, so I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of flexibility when you are able to draft and stash. I would agree that if you miss a bunch, it might hurt a little bit if you're spending too high of a draft pick on someone that you're gonna be stashing, but there actually aren't too many major injuries to players that I'd be, you know, concerned about doing that. I think the main one would probably be Chris Middleton. I've been fading him like the plague and avoiding him like the plague. Agreed. Just because I just don't know what his health situation is right now. He looks like he's going to be coming back into like a load management type of situation. Um, <laughs> Year and two. So that, that's that. <laughs> no, right. Um, so I'm just concerned. Like, I, I don't have as much clarity on him as like, I can, I can wait on Trey Murphy because he's not going to cost me that much. Chris Middleton's a seventh round pick like that. I could use that pick and I need that pick to produce like right away for my fantasy team. Yeah. And I I hate to throw in the sort of ultimate cop out part of the answer, but you also need to know how many IL slots your league has. Very true. Uh, If you even have that, if you don't have that, that's something I think I'd probably be less interested in wanting to stash a guy that I'm just going to be holding on to and I can't use for a waiver spot. But uh, Yahoo's public prize leagues, which I am a a fond participant of, have three which is a ton i find Man. a three i mean especially in a games cap roto format you don't need three i like i got players coming out of my ears on those clubs and i can't use half of them because the games cap is 82 uh I'm about to say, we don't even have that many players that i think you could even stash on il that are worth it like usually you'll throw a flyer out for like a jonathan isaac on one of those but like he's actually healthy right now so <laughs> yeah, <like>. technically <laughs> yeah yeah He's healthy-ish. Like, Hel- I feel like yeah. he's never going to be fully healthy. We can never trust no. Jonathan Isaac. No, it doesn't seem like his team likes him all that much these days. So he's kind of a weird guy. So I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm not surprised, right? Yeah. Um, what has he logged in the preseason so far? Like 15 minutes over three games or something like that. I believe right. me. I did look because I was like, hmm. I wonder if. Oh. Are you going to reel me back in here? Yeah, um, it's fine. One of these. One of my old Dan Vespers guys. They always reel me back, and it's probably going to be Chris Paul this year. They. One of them always gets dude, me. He's a value man. Like, he is. He's, he's never finished worse than 40th in per in per game value. I don't care whether he's not playing 30 minutes. He had like he played 28 last night, and had nine assists, four rebound, uh, nine assists, four rebounds, and like 13 points. That's huge. You're getting him at like a 70. Uh, I think it's like a 70th round ADP. Yeah, like 70th ADP. That's disrespectful. I know, um, but he's so old. Like, that's he's what, old. That's what but people like, are afraid of. And I, and I feel like you can buy into that because the way that the Warriors are going to utilize him and that six-man kind of hybrid starter kind of thing, I think it's going to be better for him. He was playing like 34 minutes a game last last year, so it's not a surprise you know, he gets hurt eventually. 
putting him right under that 30 minute mark, man, I think it's going to be great for his longevity for this season. Yeah. Plus I don't need him out there with a bunch of starters that want to shoot, put him no. in with a bunch of bench guys and he can run and gun. Yep. I, I got, I mean, again, serve like, it up to Jonathan Kaminga. I'm all for it. Man. There you that go. Second unit, it's going to be fun. But I think he's, what, third oldest player in the NBA, and that's going to keep his price tag down. So I'm okay yep. with it. Did Andrea Iguodala, he officially retired now, right? So Braun is the oldest? Did he? Yeah, he's talking on podcasts like he's retired. Yeah. So, so I, I, think, I, think, I think so. I think it's LeBron, P.J. Tucker, Chris Paul. These are, this is the kind of thing that the Dan Best – I mean, this is my brand. I feel like I need to know these things. Who are the people in the NBA Are you over 35? Yeah. Have you put in your time, and are you still elite and playing at a high level? You're on the team. Are you, are you going to get my Saturday morning cartoon references if we sat down and had a conversation? Yes? <laughs> Terrific. I have a bowl of Werther's Originals. Come hang out with me. Werther's uh, Originals. Yeah. Oh, man, it's a grandma favorite. <laughs> I know. I actually don't like them at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, question from Culls. He's actually the host of our uh, fantasy football show at Sports Ethos. Thoughts on Chet Holmgren this year? Dan, I'll throw this one to you. Man, the price is going up, and I get it. Uh, he's going to be... Uh, to me, he's a cheaper version of Victor Webinyama. You can probably get him a, a little bit of, probably a little bit of a discount, you know, round three versus round four. But I think he's going to be spectacular, especially if he gets minutes at center. There isn't that many, that much competition in the front court. So um, conservatively, I think we can pencil in Chet for like a 15, eight with two blocks. I think it's 1.8, you know, round up. Um, he's going to be a stud. I worry about the turnovers a little bit and maybe some efficiency issues, but I think he'll figure it out. This is going to be an ascending Oklahoma City Thunder team. He's going to be a stud. Let's do one more. You were talking about Jeremy Sohan, so I figured I could throw this one in there. Sohan or Jalen Johnson, who's kind of like a, a cult favorite right now as well. Yeah, he's a Jalen Johnson is definitely a cult favorite of mine. I called him a, a sleep. He definitely has that sleeper tag to him right now. I don't know that he's going to be starting right away, but I think eventually the, the Hawks are going to figure out how to move from DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter's contract and or Clint Capella's, maybe both. If that happens, that's going to be great news for Jalen Johnson's um, uh, outlook. But I would lean so on here because he's the starter right now. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the safe play, especially because someone will probably get frustrated with it. Forget Jalen Johnson, really anybody who like doesn't immediately produce. You see so much right. of that. Ah, enough of this nonsense. Uh, <laughs> and off they go into the into the abyss. Um, I am going to take the board down so you guys can actually see are two uh, somewhat nerdy but very handsome faces. Um, <laughs> Dan, I don't know why the hell it took me so damn long to get you on here, uh, but thank you so much for not only carving out the time but also bringing all the energy. I love it. You make my life so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> You're a great host, man, and you do great work. And, uh, yeah, man, I think it's great to, to talk shop and – I think you you and Lloyd do a great job of holding the industry accountable for, <laughs> hey, I noticed this yank. guy that's that's kind of falling here, or this guy's a little bit too high, or <laughs> you guys are freaking nuts. What are you doing? Um, so I think it's awesome, man, and always good, great to collab. I think we're going to be in a couple leagues. So it's always fun to uh, talk shop with like-minded guys that just are obsessed with fantasy as much as I am. So <laughs> fantasy, thank you for having me. You might call us fantasy nerds trying to bring it all full circle here <laughs> he is at you can see it on your screen if you're watching on youtube or after the fact if you're listening on traditional podcast channels he is at dan titus d-a-n-t-i-t-u-s over at yahoo fantasy sports dan thank you again so much for your time yes sir dan titus that was fun i don't know what the hell took me so damn long to get him on the show that is fully on me i don't know how many mea culpas i've done on this show of 
why does it take me so long to schedule things with people? Well, because I'm an idiot and I can't get my schedule together. And as you guys heard in the middle of that one, I had a kid try to burst into the room, which did happen. I did a guest spot with uh, <clears throat> Jet over on the ITL network. And uh, my three-year-old burst into the room. So I learned my lesson. I locked the door. I thought, hmm, there we go. You know, guy pointing at head meme. And, um, but then the dog was locked in here and she started barking to get out. So I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. Anyway, long way of saying I suck at scheduling, but I am eternally grateful when folks like Dan, like Josh, like who the hell else do we talk? Like Alex, like Brew, everybody that's come on earlier this week that actually fit into my, uh, stupid series of, uh, of schedule stuff. Um, before we go... I do have a few things that I want to remind everybody about. Certainly what's coming up here on the show, but also I think there's one or two questions in the chat room that I didn't think paralleled uh, what was going on with Dan um, in the conversation. I wanted to make sure that I didn't like hit him with something wacky out of left field, especially not on the first time, man. I'll wait till he's been on the show a couple times before I nail him with something completely absurd. Um, Nils says, your opinion on Kentavious Caldwell-Pope and Malcolm Brogner, they must roster in 12-team 9-cat. I think Pope probably is. He's going to be extremely boring for you, but they lost Bruce Brown, which means they're going to give some more stuff to younger guys, but also KCP is going to be relied upon to just be that sort of stabilizing play. He was number 95 and very durable last year. He's not exciting at all in Roto Games Cap, head-to-head. Uh, -head. He's like the guys that Dan was talking about. You want that safe play at 120. Just get one safe play at the end in case someone you drafted earlier stinks or gets hurt and then take some flyers around him. KCP is probably that guy. Clarence said, uh, reminder, Dan, I told you the Dodgers suck. Yeah, that's my hat. I'm wearing a Dodgers hat. It's it's in mourning. It's in mourning, Clarence. And I know they stunk. They won a ton of ball games, but they did not have any starting pitching. So it's actually kind of amazing that they did what they did, considering um, Kershaw blew out his shoulder. Uh, Walker Bueller didn't make it back. Dustin May blew out his arm. Tony Gonsolin blew out his arm. Uh, and Julio Urias is a, a dog do human being. So uh, that was five, by the way. That was pretty much an entire starting rotation that, that wasn't there. So I was honestly happy they got as far as they did. I thought they'd put up a fight against the D-backs, but uh, they had no shot of getting much. For I mean, even if they won the first round, they had no shot going past that. Uh, Philip says, I want to get Anthony Simons over Dame. No, you don't, Philip. Anthony Simons over Dame is not a wise call. Dame is a much better fantasy player. Um, and uh, Simons is going to score a bunch, but he's also going to have uh, some problems. Mike Franco says, how low is too low for Keldon Johnson? I still believe, well, here's the problem, Mike. The Keldon Johnson's issues happened when they moved him down to small forward, and he ain't going anywhere from there because they added Victor Wembanyama to the mix. Um, so whatever Keldon minutes this year are probably going to still be at small forward. That pushes him farther from the bucket. Fewer rebounds, more distance on his shots percentages were an issue for him last year in a big way, and there's going to be less usage coming his direction. So I am not a Keldon Johnson believer. I think he fits what they're trying to do there because he's a scorer and he'll run. They'll have a bunch of fun. Um, but from a fantasy standpoint, he's uh, someone that makes more sense in points leagues by quite a lot. And I don't even know if it's all, uh, all the way a lot. I keep forgetting... And I can't do it now. I guess I could take my headphones out and go quickly grab the uh, Handyman 5.0. Don't go anywhere, people. I can see it. It's literally right over there. I'm grabbing it. Look at that. 
You see how fast I made it? Back and forth with the handyman. So this is the handyman 5.0. This thing is absolutely sweet. You can see how the top comes off just like that. That is a electric razor, not a sideburn trimmer. It's travel size, which is awesome. This cover, by the way, is magnetic, so it won't fall off and turn on in your bag. Also fantastic. The charging port, very small, very easy. Everything about it is excellent. It has skin-safe technology. You can get this and so much more, including the new lawnmower 5.0, the brand-new lawnmower. I can't wait till my copy comes in. It's like when you're waiting for the old TV guide. I can't wait for my lawnmower 5.0 to come in. And you can get that and everything else at manscaped.com, including, look what else I have on my desk. I didn't set this up. This is the um, Too Shiny is what it is. This is the luxury nail kit, also magnetized. And you got the goodies in there like that. Ethos20 is the promo code. 20% off and free shipping on your order over at manscaped.com. Ethos20 for 20% off on your order over at manscaped.com. Coming up on Fantasy NBA Today, one last question from Kenneth. Is it a buy low on Harden or leave him alone? I'm leaving him alone. I don't know that you can even stash him on an IL slot if he's just suspended or absent. He's going to be a massive headache. Unless we get some kind of clarity in the next four days, I don't think I'm doing it. Also coming up on Fantasy NBA Today, and I'm really excited about this, tomorrow is the Big Bopper, the Dan Vespers Old Man Squad. I'll come up with a fun way to name the show so that YouTubers can actually find it, but effectively, it is all of my targets. I do them late in the fantasy season because I'm waiting for the last Yahoo board shuffle, which happened today, Thursday morning. So it's all set. I can rearrange my my targets based on any last-minute shuffling that Yahoo did. That's going to be a big show tomorrow. It'll probably be an hour long. I don't think we're going to do questions on that because um, last year I had something like 40 players that were guys that I was targeting. Last year, if you guys recall, we did not get Nick Claxton. That was the big gainer that we missed on, but we had Brooke Lopez. I think I might have been the only analyst on planet Earth that was high on Brooke Lopez last year. Uh, we had Larry Markinen, one of the other gigantic leapers. I was... Higher than ADP on Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Not high as some other analysts, but he's another one that we got a little bit of. Uh, so the all-man squad had, uh, by and large, a pretty good year. And the one name that I will continue to kick myself about until the end of time is Chris Middleton because we got frickin' bamboozled. Anyway, I don't know why you guys are still hanging out. It's the end of the show. Thanks for watching, everybody. Big thank you to Dan Titus again, at Dan Titus over on social media. He's with Yahoo Fantasy. Uh, where I run almost all of my leagues. That's the place to be, Yahoo. I know Fantrax has the better commissioner tools, but the Yahoo UI is still tippy-top. That was fun. Dan is a kindred spirit. I could feel it in the way we think and talk about fantasy sports. I hope he has a lovely day. I hope you all have a lovely day. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow morning. Old man squad time. So long for now. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.